Hello, everyone. To upset Kate's shirt, I'm going to say Sego Sebaguego. Hi, everybody. Kate's wearing a very colonist shirt today, so you know. Um, here we are after the Pope's visit. Gotta, gotta spice it up. Oh, so yeah. today we are on episode 37. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. This is all about Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is the second episode after our um, classic shit show a couple weeks ago. So thank you um, if you're actually listening. Otherwise, this is just going into the void. Um, I'm going to start us off with asking what people are drinking. And let's go with Kate, who is labeled as mom, which is not as confusing for my brain as I thought it would be. <laughs> That's delightful to hear about uh so the so the fucking shirt i'm wearing is from uh my time at gw which they finally decided to fucking change their mascot from being the colonials proud of them but yes it does say hippos 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 dude they're not gonna do it but they fucking should exactly it's because they're fucking cowards exactly (sighs) anyway so yeah no my shirt says colonials army on it because that's what our student section was called. I did yeah, misread it, it as just Colonial Army, and I was like, "Wow." Okay. I mean, that's what it says. There's no S it on there. Feels a little bit like a person. Oh yeah, there is no but... S in there. No, it, no, it is. It's it's horrible. It's great. Anyway, it's okay. Uh, GW. Anyway, uh, <laughs> never mind colonialism. I'm drinking. <laughs> Another happy landing. <laughs> um, fuck's sake. Uh, I am I am drinking. This is Monkey Paw Gin. Uh, I thought you said Monkey Box. <laughs> no. Good old monkeypox gin. Although that would have been topical. Yeah, I um, think that's fast marketing. Yeah. Uh, no, this is monkey paw gin, which is solidly fine. Um, if you're a person who just likes a real like classic general juniper gin profile, then this is fine. If you're me and you like to drink weird shit, you're not getting this again. Um, there, I poured myself. Probably too much. It's not. I don't think it's what quite a double. It's like a one and a half old, but you know, whatever. Well, well, it'll be fun. <laughs> when the person with the English degree says one and a half old, we know it's going to be a great pod. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to my writing group too, so you know, it's this is this is super great. What about you, Burb? What are you drinking? Oh, sorry. Before you answer, I'm going to interrupt and say Burb is producing for us. So if you're happy with the sound drops, you should uh, hype her up on Twitter or Instagram. Anyway, if you are, are you not doing, happy with the sound drops. You should blame Kristen. Yeah, because <laughs> mm-hmm. she is the producer and will still produce this later. I'm drinking water. I tried to make Ooh. a an old fashioned earlier and I fucked it up real bad. And I was like, it was still drinkable, but I didn't have the energy to try another one. I, I, there was too much syrup. Oh yeah, that'll. that'll How much it. syrup did you put in? Not oh, a lot. I was like, okay, like had I like saw a recipe online. I was I was like kind of trying to double it. But like, <laughs> and doing bad math, math is hard. <laughs> math is really hard. I couldn't do that in Excel. So, <laughs> do you need time to run and get an emergency beer? No, I'm good. I don't. I don't have any beer. I have one beer. Oh, I don't like it. Who are you? I, I I just paid rent, man. I don't know. That's fair. I just am used to you always having like 700 beers in your fridge. So I just oh, but I forgot you had yeah. That is fair. Guests. Yes. Ignore me. We can cut that. Verbs um. <laughs> <laughs> like I did. So that's news. I've never had more than actually. I've had three people in my apartment at once before. It was real weird. We didn't fit. We were but, there. Yeah, that was that was that time. 
that was at the time. <laughs> plus yeah. a dog. Yeah, plus a dog. Yeah. 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 Plus plus a small dog, who did not kill small Tony. Small dog and a large cat. And Tony did not kill More him. More like Tony didn't kill him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony looked at us like, "What the fuck is this?" But um, God, who's Chris? Are you next? I'm gonna stop talking. I'm gonna go produce. Happy Booker's Pop, everyone. Um, yeah, I can go next. I'm drinking bourbon. Um, no, no simple syrup to be found. Um, I'm drinking, I feel like I've had it on the pod before, but like that could have been 10 years ago at this point. So like it's, it's called like Jefferson's ocean bourbon. And it's that weird one that like literally they take the barrels on a fucking ship and age it at sea. So it tastes like kind of salty. I I don't know that I'd recommend it to other people. Yeah. Thank you. Do you I don't know that I recommend extra? it to other people, but I like it. Um, I mean, <laughs> how much more expensive now? How much more money do you have to pay to get bourbon that's been on a ship? I can I can answer this for you. I can go on the website at Hazel's. Ooh. Um, but it's it's fine. It works for me because famously I hate bourbon because it's too sweet, and so the saltiness cuts the sweetness a little bit, which is really nice. I'm sorry to be this person again, but between Kate's shirt and now you drinking Jefferson's Ocean, I don't know what's going on. I in your honestly, house. as I was saying it, I was like, God, fuck. It's a, it's a bad day. Also, I was distracted and told the Hazel's website that I was under 21, so I don't know if it's going <laughs> to let me, <laughs> no, let me on there anymore. Permaban. Oh, my God. That'll be just desserts, honestly, there. <laughs> really fucking. Okay, here we go. They don't, they don't, they don't track cookies. Well, thank God. <laughs> I thought right. Kate was going to have to learn to drive. No. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> no, no. That, that was exactly what you don't want. Chris, did you find it? Um, I did. Hang on. Rana hasn't told us what she's drinking. That's true. Oh, yeah, but I've said far too much already. Um, I'm never allowed to intro a pod again. So I am drinking <laughs> this, which is Armas de Guerra, Mencia. I don't know what type of wine it formally is. It has a lot of different places in Spain on it. Um, I don't know if Mencia is a type of wine. I am a plebe, but it is good. It is one of the only bottles of wine I had at my apartment because I moved a couple weeks ago and 99% of my alcohol is still at Cadman's house. Um Oh, it is a Mencia. It is 100% Mencia. So it says this profound, okay. complex, red, dark berry, and savory notes pair. Oh, I don't know how to read already for a, a book pod. Um, pairs well with lamb and pancetta. I don't eat really either of those things. Um, it's produced from vines planted in 1960, located in Bierzo Zone 1 at approximately 1,800 feet in elevation. Um, it does give meters as well, but this is America, goddammit. Um, just kidding. Meters make way more sense. Um, talks about clay and slate soil. I don't know how much you all want me to share. Um, it talks about the average lovely. temperature, annual rainfall, and it is unoaked. Uh, it's delicious, honestly. I'm a big fan of pretty much all Spanish wines, so I'm happy. It's a 2018. Um, and that's what I'm drinking. Chris, do you want to tell us how much extra you have to pay for the salty bourbon? Yeah, I don't remember paying this much, so I don't know if they like increased the price. Because this is, this is an old bottle, admittedly. He doesn't want us to know we got um, money. Oh my god! Yes, De- inflation exactly. hit hit the fucking colonizer fucking bourbon as well. I mean, <laughs> bourbon bourbon's Thanks. booming right now, so it has all bourbon is gone up in price in the past several years. Um, it's like it's solidly fifteen dollars more than oh wow what appears to be their 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 default. Huh? But I also don't remember paying close to this much for it. It's listed at $80, and I would have never paid say, $80 gonna, for this. Are you going to give us the number? Because I'm looking at it right now. I'll tell the people. <laughs> it is $80 damn dollars. 
I, I would I would not have played $80 for novelty bourbon. So I don't know what I paid for it, but it wasn't that. Novelty bourbon, you fucking snob. Listen, All right. it's good, but like it's a Fuck. fucking novelty. Alrighty, wow, Jesus. You know, I, I see things are going well in the Lou Cedar house in terms of yeah. alcohol purchases. Yeah, no, that that shirt Honestly, choices. There's a good chance this was part of my post Vegas yeah. binge. Purchases. Oh, that's right. So it has to have been because I do not recall you buying that. And you, every time we go to Hazel's and I'm with you, because you went, you went by yourself, I think, to do that because I was I in did. class. Yes. Yeah. Um. And every time I go to Hazel's with you, you, I just watch you spend about 20, 20 minutes agonizing over two bottles of whatever the fuck you're trying to buy. And you just like read me off every single tasting note that has ever existed, the history of like the fucking it's distillery. Being an informed connoisseur, Kate. Okay, but there's this. Well, I was going to talk station give... to pick up some power converters. <laughs> I... The problem is, I don't give a flying fuck, and you do this to me all the time. And I'm like, I just would like to go home and drink my alcohol. <laughs> so, sorry, it's Rana, all right. when you come tomorrow, you need to try that tequila. Yes. Okay. I'm a, yeah, I'm totally down. Also, maybe you did pay $80 if it was the post-Vegas binge. You, it's you should also I, try the salty bourbon and tell Chris us how like, it no. is. Oh, I totally no, love, this I is love salt. The, the salty bourbon is killed now. This is the last wow. one. Oh, wow. What if I, I almost made a really inappropriate joke, but I'm not going to go there. Never mind. <laughs> I just want to say that uh, Chris, no Chris, my uh, wedding anniversary is in three days, and I'm just like nonstop just telling you me fucking sucks right now. <laughs> I mean, that's how you show love, right? That's Your love sick. language is hate. It's Yes. I mean, if we remember our anniversary, that'll be. Yeah, we I have it on my calendar in. for some reason, along with Orca's Gotcha Day. I don't know why these are That's on my so calendar, cute. but it's there. The two best gotcha. holidays in August. Orca's Gotcha yeah. Day is far more important, though, as we Fair all enough. know. Um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about our cause for this episode, just because I think Burp is ready to stab herself in the face with her microphone. So um, just like last time, our cause for this episode or really for this TV series um, is Indigenous Women Rising, which is an organization committed to honoring Native and Indigenous people's inherent right to equitable and culturally safe health options through accessible health education, resources and advocacy. Um, And again, they are the only nationwide um, Indigenous abortion fund in the country. So if you want to go throw them some dollars, please do. I I was just trying to find some of the drops. <laughs> oh. I've, I've never seen this side of... Uh, I don't know if we have one specifically for natives getting abortions, but maybe it's in there. Something about the testimony. We should, though. I don't know, um, I don't know what it would be. But I, I, can't, I can't do this. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to... That's a really good one, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that works. Um, it's just a good all-purpose abortion drop. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, that are all the times Burb is yelled to yeet on the pod. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, their website is IWRising.org, by the way. So cool, cool. Um, all right. Let's talk about shit. So we're going to um, start where we left off last time, which is a question here around Drew asked this. Sorry. I currently cannot read with two monitors now that I have them both set up. So. Drew asks, do you think the storytelling was effective or did it rely too much on fan service in replaying tropes? What would you change if you had creative input? Yeah. Um, so Chris, Chris Chris, and I talked about this um, quite a bit afterward. I feel like, I don't know, for me, the fan service was largely earned just because it came in the later episodes. I feel like they, at that point, they, you know, Deb Chow had built up enough, like, uh, storytelling goodwill to, to to deploy those things. I think 
the one thing I would have changed narratively, well, not even narratively, but just like just like a little bit of tweaking at the end. And I know this is gonna hurt Rana because she loved the the Qui Gon cameo. Um, no, I, I didn't. It was just one thing that I expected more of. It's not that, that I loved it. That's fair enough. Um, one thing I I probably would have like either cut that or made that just like a voice sort of thing that obi-wan hears what i thought would might have been cool was if while he was like packing up his emo cave if he had if we'd seen one more time like that just like anakin's lightsaber i thought what could have hmm. been fun um and also you know just properly gut-wrenching but though those were my yeah those are my quibbles i guess with the finale there yeah i i also didn't think it was too much i mean i agree that i think loading any fan service that there was into those last two episodes was the move um there really wasn't too much what i would call fan service there were callbacks in the first few episodes but like it was all like not done for laughs not really done for nostalgia and just kind of done as part of the atmosphere it's not like what Dave Filoni does on any of his fucking shows where he's just like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I mean, no, we literally. We all get the joke. And literally, like, I was going to say, I feel like anytime there's fan service on Mandalorian, they like look at the camera like they're Jim from yeah. the office. Like Exactly. They always break fourth wall. Yeah. And it's like, no, nobody asked for this. That's a, that's a lie. The fan bros did ask for this. That's the problem. Um, but no, and, and I, you know, even in the finale where we had, you know, him doing the, the fighting stance and him calling Vader Darth, and, uh, you know, even Qui-Gon showing up. I, I can't remember if I talked about this last episode. For whatever reason, Qui-Gon showing up didn't really work for me um, visually mm-hmm. as well. I don't know if I would call that fan service as much as part of the plot, because, like, that also was earned from a standpoint of he was talking to Qui-Gon, you know, except not talking to Qui-Gon for the whole series. Um, I think the only, like, wink-wink, nudge-nudge fan service was when he said hello there to Luke. And that was very self-aware. Like, you all sat through this. You've earned it. Just like Obi-Wan has. You know, <laughs> here's a hello. You get a hello there. And you get a hello there. Um, but no, honestly, I didn't think it was bad. Um, I thought that hello it was. There. Thank you. <laughs> now we need to get a drop that's all three hello there's in succession. Have you seen the TikTok about that? I don't even have TikTok. No. It's on Reddit. Um, I will oh text gosh. it to all of you, and someone timed Bless. them perfectly. So you have um, prequels, the Obi Wan show, and then uh, Alec Guinness all I saying love it. hello there in the same. It was it's perfect. I'll send it to you all in a text. Sorry, oh. if you're on Twitter, you know it's over. But yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah. So like, in general, I think the mood of the show being so bleak in the first half of the series helped with that because fan service just wouldn't have fit um you know not that that has ever stopped favreau and filoni in the past but like deb chow is better at filmmaking (laughs) so um i so i didn't really find it distracting no yeah i i agree like i think i expected a lot more fan service to be honest um and i was fine with what it was because sometimes i don't know what the difference is between fan service and like acknowledging canon and existing um maybe like honestly even the hello there didn't bother me i was like oh cool like it's a weird way that he says hello and also a fun meme um but it didn't feel forced it was it was good um i will say i think oh we talked about i'm sorry my brain is all over the place we did talk about this last time and we didn't answer this question but i brought it up then 
I was worried there was going to be a lot of Luke fan service. And maybe it's not fan service, just Luke content, which, you know, it's not for me. Um, I would still watch it, but mm, but I was so happy with the sort of bait and switch around that. Um, Deborah Chow Same. is fantastic. And I was really, I didn't expect to get any Anakin. I mean, we knew when Kathleen Kennedy said that uh, Hayden Christensen would be returning. We knew there would be some Anakin, but I, in thinking about the show, did not expect to have a lot of Anakin um obi-wan content i kind of thought maybe some flashbacks or you know some clone wars flashbacks or something like that so i wouldn't really call that fan service maybe but i I was pretty happy with that honestly um and i liked some of the references to clone wars and to um you know all sorts of other content i was definitely here for that yeah and it's and it's funny because i think i said last episode that the one thing that it didn't have that i wanted was a clone wars flashback and clone wars armor and i think that arguably would have been very fan servicey for for Clone Wars fans to bring in these costumes that had never actually been in live action before. Um, so it just goes to show like sometimes people really want fan service. Um, and yeah, so I don't it think just, what works for one bad. person won't, won't work for another person. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I completely agree that not all fan service is bad. Like sometimes, sometimes it's just fun. Like when it's woven in, in such a way that it's just like, here's a fun little Easter egg where you'll get, you you will derive like you know just a, t- a smidgen more enjoyment out of whatever it is because you understand the reference. I'm totally fine with that. When it's just like you didn't watch, um, you know, episode five of like a season four of the Clone Wars, and therefore you will never get this joke ever in your life, then it's just like, all right, come on, relax. Like, yeah, I'm a well actually person. Like the memes of the people pushing up their glasses and saying <laughs> well actually, and here's the original content. Not with Star Wars, um, more with a couple other media. But yeah, that is absolutely like I don't expect that level of anything at any time because then it's not accessible. Like Star Wars is for kids, right? We we say that what is it? It's Space Wizards for kids. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's fine. Um, so uh, yeah, I was happy with it. Burb, do you have anything to add about this? If not, we can cut me asking. It is very because I, I can't very bold of you to assume that I had any opinions on this. <laughs> Well, since like, I can't oh, see you, I didn't want to cut you it's off. It's Obi-Wan. <laughs> well, she's producing, so I think she did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That's, um, yeah. Okay, never mind. Well, yeah, I mean, no, he's no, your doing favorite great. movie, so. Yes, a lot of people are my favorite movie. You, did get, you did get Clone it's Wars. It's also not my or... favorite movie, but. <laughs> oh, yeah, what about all the Padme references? That wasn't did make mm. you happy? Oh, I, yes. I do love me some Padme references. It was a... Uh, it was good, and Leia just being like a sassy little Padme was great. So that's a good lead-in to thinking about: Do we consider the Padme references to be fan service? Because like they didn't do too much for the plot, and there were you know there was the one in Episode Three where Leia asked, "Are you my real father?" And you know he starts, and it it get, he highly alludes to the fact that he knew her mother, um, and then. In episode six, he's very explicit. You know, you're, I don't remember what descriptors he used, but you are one, two, and three good things like your mother. Um, and so, like, do we consider that fan service or do we consider that characterization? I, I would consider it characterization just because, like, if there's one thing Star Wars is going to do, it's going to be underplay and erase the role of every woman ever, um, mm-hmm. especially if they're women of color, which Padme is not, but, you know. Um, and so I don't mind referencing, like, especially, I don't know, thinking about the way that I just feel like 
the prequels do not do Padme justice. I think what we see in books and Clone Wars and other times is just, we've talked about this so many times, I think, especially with um, Queen Shadow, but I just don't think that we see enough um, of her awesome attributes in those movies. And so to remind folks that she's a real character and not just like, oh no, I'm sad. Bye. Um, I, I was here for that. And, and maybe it is fan service. Like maybe I'm the fan that that is serving, but um, I didn't mind it just as a way of like characterizing and also reminding folks that Leia or not Leia, Jesus Christ, um, that Padme is, you know, an actual character. I'm extremely inclined to agree with everything you just said. Um, justice for Padme's knife. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like one one thing one point that like a lot of granted there were Padme stands um in the fandom on on the social medias, but um but I think it's a it's a fair point is that like Obi Wan was friends with both Anakin and Padme, and they were both like very like instrumental in terms of his his career as a Jedi, and you know just like all all of the things that he he did in Clone Wars, and um it's not like they didn't know each other; they were absolutely friends, and for him to see her daughter and you know think about her and mention her like that absolutely i think has a has a narrative place and didn't feel like i feel like i feel like my definition of fan service is like shit that like in addition to being obscure shit that like is annoying is also shit that like it feels shoehorned in like things that really call Mm -hmm. attention to themselves and i didn't think that any of the padme references felt like that at all that i agree with completely did you think it counted as fan service chris no you hate women yes clearly um i you know i'm really just gonna find an excuse to start complaining about the ghostbusters reboot that they did with all the women um sweet jesus almighty uh no i i didn't think it was fan service at all i also felt that it was really earned um and also frankly had they found a way to flash back and bring natalie portman into it i would have been fucking thrilled like i almost wondered if they might but i think she was in australia yeah the only reason i wondered if they might is because she was Coming back to Thor, and I was like, how much money is she trying to bank right now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was exactly my thought process. Um, but no, I, I didn't think it was fan service. I, I felt that it was very well done. And Kate, I would I would completely agree with your definition of fan service right now. Like it, And how we were talking about before, like it feels unnecessary. Like even if it's good, it feels unnecessary. Like nobody gives a shit about them saying eweb 10 times in mandalorian (laughs) it doesn't take away from it necessarily and it adds a certain level of in-universe detail but the show wouldn't be worse without it yeah like i do think that it that the padme mentions in this as you know sparse and well-placed as they were very much added to kind of the pain that obi-wan feels over you know what he, you know, I think still feels is his responsibility for the death of his friend. E-Web. <laughs> Man, remember when the number one show in America said the word fucking E-Web in it? What a world. <laughs> oh, my God. We're doomed. Uh, I will say that uh, Kristen, who is not here tonight, um, shouldn't die or anything. She just, I almost said, isn't with us. That's why I'm specifying. Uh, she just <laughs> has other things she has to do and needs to be a human being who rests. Um I don't want to leave out her important note about Obi-Wan throwing actual rocks at Anakin and Anakin being a terrible liar despite all this time. Um, yeah, I just didn't want to, to look past that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I saw so many memes of um, just, you know, that shot of um, Obi-Wan manipulating the rocks and the caption was just like, I am the high ground. And I was just like, 
thank God. Amazing. <laughs> it was so incredible. I'm so sad that I didn't see that with how much time I spent on the internet. That <laughs> is know. incredible. That's fantastic. It's so, it was so great. Um, yeah, no, no, no other words to say, honestly. It was just, it was just perfect. And, you know, was, this fandom is garbage and sometimes I love it very much. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of, you know, fan service versus actually adding something, the uh, Kristen's note about Anakin being a bad liar is in reference to the end episode where he tells Palpatine Kenobi means nothing. And Palpatine <laughs> was also someone we did not expect to see in this series. Um, at least, you know, maybe people thought about it, but it certainly wasn't, I think, on anybody's, you know, like bingo card for things to expect I, in this series. I think I expected Palpatine more than I expected young Leia. Like, I yes. kind of thought we might get mm-hmm. some Palpatine. Was Once they said that Hayden Christensen was returning, and then I was like, uh, he'll probably do just a flashback. But then I was like, well, if we have Empire in any capacity, I thought maybe, but... That's very fair. Yeah. I also want to say that it was literally on someone's bingo card. Dr. Annalise Ophelian made a Obi-Wan finale bingo card for... Oh my god! Thing, things that may or may not happen, and oh, was one of them she, Palpatine? yeah, one of them was Palpatine. Well, there you go, um, Doctor O, the creator of Looking for Leia, uh, among other awesome hmm. things. Did the card say somehow Palpatine is returned? Yes, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I well, cackled, the, but the good news bless. is that Palpatine is actually still alive. That was a point for earlier. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, like, it's like burp without alcohol. <laughs> quality podcasting experience to give you <laughs> sometimes well, no, it would whenever make sense. we put this thing out it would make sense uh because palpatine's still alive so like yeah he could be in it and like hayden christian oh, oh okay he's fucking vader yeah like is <laughs> oh i understand okay I <laughs> no i knew what you meant i just wanted to give you shit i, straight I thought up didn't. you were saying that it made sense for him to be in rise of skywalker because he's still alive in this and i was like i think you missed a couple movies that's that's some bad math you know i only watch yeah. a couple of yeah them. you only watch attack of the clones on repeat you know um, we all have to have something we like yeah but no and i and i also thought that the palpatine scene was limited enough to add to it and show kind of this very thin line between master and apprentice and i will beat the shit out of you if you step one more toe out of line that is their relationship um talking about vader and palpatine and kind of also adds this connective tissue of like everybody was like well if vader knew obi-wan was alive why wouldn't he just spend every day of the next 10 years looking for him and now it does kind of make sense for palpatine to kind of be like no you had your little game you let an entire ship of jedi children get away we're done no, Palpatine really rolled up on the video phone and was like, are you a little bitch? Because <laughs> I can and will treat you as such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of had vibes of like Maul at the end of Solo. Um, mm, that's a good way of putting it. I think in a more understandable and predictable, like not bad predictable, but like it. my brain always knew Anakin was working with Palpatine, right? Palpatine I did not know throughout Solo that alive. Kira was working with Maul. So, um, yeah, Palpatine is still alive. Exactly. You can say it again, Bert. Maybe and that everyone, should be your title. And everyone knows it. It's not like in uh, Solo where I kind of guessed what the ending would be because I saw, like, a lot of spoiler-free stuff where people were fucking confused. I'm pretty sure it- me and Kate saw Solo on, like, whatever the Thursday night, the first, first night it dropped. And we came out of it and immediately texted Kristen, like, Kristen, you need to drop everything. 
<laughs> and see this movie tomorrow. She was like, either there's a blue guy or a mall. Basically. <laughs> Honda was your in most, it. Your most favorite <laughs> yeah. trash. <laughs> Incredible. It's um, funny because he was on a garbage phone. planet. Sorry. Yeah, no, you, Please continue. Good. You could have said you could have said he spidered his way in or you, it was a web. <laughs> yeah, we got it. Please continue. No, you're good. I interrupt everyone my entire life. Um, I oh this I was looking to see who asked us this question, but in fact, our normal producer, um, not the burb is an abnormal producer, but Kristen I think added this in her production, which was why live action TV show. That was me. Um, oh, haha! Sorry, Kate, giving your credit to <laughs> a white person. You're doing. You're. You know what? It's just recompense for wearing this fucking shirt. I we're good. It's true. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah. Kate, why live action TV show? Yeah, so I wanted to ask this question just, like, because I'm always interested in, um, you know, since we're talking about multimedia Star Wars storytelling, like, why pick certain venues for telling these particular stories? And so here's this question. Um, For me, the fact that they told this in live action as opposed to, like, doing it through a comic, which doesn't get probably as wide um, viewership, readership, consumership, whatever. Oh, for sure. Um, You know, or, you know, or even an animated TV show. Like, I think the fact that they could get Ewan and Hayden to return for this is what made it work for me as live action. Like, obviously, like, you can't do an Obi-Wan show without Ewan, but the fact that, like, they were able to get Hayden and bring back the... The, this, the, the most chaotic duo has ever existed. Like, I thought, I think that was a lot of the intrigue and the joy for me, and also because many, many other people. They did yeah. it live action because money. That too. I heard a lot of criticism of this, and this is such a random detail, but I'm even, I don't think this should be the only reason to bring it back, but I loved the way they did lightsabers in this. I was I did too. so excited. I've seen so many people trashing it online, and I was like, no, I don't mean the movements. I mean, like, just the glow. The yeah. way that they lit things up and sh- you could see it in their faces. I don't know. I oh, was, it was beautiful. I loved that. Every time there was a fight, I was, like, looking at Cadman. and I was like, look at the light server! Look at the light server! It was, yeah, it was really no, exciting. I completely agree with you, Rana. Yeah. It was super high quality. Cinematography, the, the fact that they're glowing, the score, like, the soundtrack, everything. I mean, I it's... And, and, and what they did that was different for, for those who maybe didn't follow it this closely Sorry. was oh wh- why <laughs> oh for people who are like what the fuck are you talking oh. about not for you not to you honestly if people i was like why fuck- is anyone on this podcast apologizing <laughs> to me yeah. this is a weird experience also, also um, uh, what the, what the fuck are you talking about if you're listening to this podcast i feel like you're a, uh, you're a certain kind of person but anyway go on it's true. <laughs> true um a trash panda but so what they did differently this time was so usually they'll use lightsabers that are just you know hilts with blades that don't light up and then they'll add the glow in post. And for this one, the lightsaber props actually did light up. Um, And so there was a lot more ambient color during the dark lightsaber fights that we saw in episodes three and episode six. Um, And I, I also did not get why people were like, this looks weird. Like, because I'm like, I'm sorry. Is, we have we have ambient glow for the first time in the world. Is this like when, like, new game consoles came out that could actually render shadows? Were people like, this is weird? Like, graphics are probably. too good. Honestly, yeah. though, people get mad anytime. Like, it's just like we decided to 
update this for the year of our year of Satan 2022. They get mad when they change the proportions of the lightsaber. <laughs> Rebels. They get mad. They just get people just want to be want to be mad and they will find something to be mad about and they were just like i see beautiful pretty colors on my tv and for some reason that did not bring them joy because they have no soul (laughs) there's a certain crowd of people on twitter who just they just like finding things to nitpick i saw a lot of nitpicking about the volume in the show and i will say there were two specific shots in in six episodes that did not work for me when it comes to the volume that like just the proportions looked off. But I saw people complaining like every episode and I'm just like, and I, and it's, this happened on Mandalorian too, where people complain about it. And I'm just like, there's no way, like, I'm sorry. There's just no way that if you were not told that this was different, you would, you would notice like, and it's just, you know, and it's, and it's, are are we talking about the lightsaber still or, like when when sometimes Ish. the music is way too loud and the dialogue is way too soft. No, oh, not, no, I mean, not, not, not all those. media now. Yeah, the inability of Hollywood to mix sound properly is no, not a fucking the, epidemic. Not the audio volume, the volume. Yeah, sorry, the yeah, the, 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 the staging use. facility, yeah. which is a stupid name for a thing, honestly. Which is why it, you're confused. I think they call it stagecraft is... now, but so, yeah, yeah. So that, this you're is you're doing great for people who aren't. <laughs> as deep into it or haven't watched any of the making ups for Mandalorian, what they call the volume is a massive soundstage that has full wall to ceiling LED screens that show instead of green screens that show the background of that, that what will be so that it's easier a to play light off of it correctly, because you can actually see how the light is going to reflect off the actors in the environment but also so that the actors can actually play off of their environment a little more. Um, And there's not, yeah, exactly. No Obi-Wan and a speeder with an entire blue screen behind him. Or um, God, I will make Kristen put in the episode description. There is a extremely good uh, interview that Ewan did for, I can't even remember who it was where he was just describing the doing, filming the final scene for the prequel trilogy where he delivers baby Luke to, Owen and Baru, and he's just like, yeah, and my my EOB was a box, and so I had to pretend to be riding on a box, and he, like, mimes, he mimes this motion that is very much hashtag like a bantha, and it is so fucking good. Um, yeah, no, he, I, I, the thing that he and Hayden kept talking about in interviews when they were doing the press tour for Obi-Wan is just them just being like, and thank God we don't have to work with just, like, stupid fucking green boxes and crap anymore that we don't even know what the fuck is going on. So, yay for technology. I'm sorry, Burby. I interrupted you about 72 times. Please talk now. My my, my joke is kind of moot now because I was just going to ask Chris if and Rana if they meant to imply that the graphics with... Obi-Wan and Anakin and the prequels were not good enough for them. <laughs> no, that's relevant, very, so. no, it there was, still is. It was very there was no implication. There was no implication. It was so you love it was you love them. That's that's what I got. Okay, cool. They love the prequels. I will say, folks. Kate, I'm glad you mentioned Yeah. The books. No, I'm just kidding. The prequels aren't bad. The score is great. Some of the points are really good. Revenge of the Sith is decent, like you know, I, I don't hate it. I watch them every year. Pairs. Um, if it weren't for the racism, Phantom Menace would be a very passable movie. I can't. I can't That's handle too fucking racist, though. 
Honestly, if I don't even for the racism, the if it weren't for the racism, I'm sitting right here, man. Have you seen a Neimoidian? I'm sitting right here. Have you seen Watto? Fucking guy. Just, I thought Burb was agreeing with you. Oh, yeah. No, the movie's too fucking... It's really racist. The first time I watched it in, like, a long yeah. time, a few years ago, I was, I was like, home after the bar and really drunk. Bad. And I started it, and I texted Chris, and, like, has it fucking always been... Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah. And, it's like, rough. with the timing of the release and the trade war thing, I was like, I gotta go. And it's... And it's it, honestly, it could be good because it's, you know, hate him or love him, The Phantom Menace is pure, unadulterated George Lucas doing whatever the fuck he wants to do, fuck the audience. And there's something to be said for that, right? Like, the, you know. It's opposite of JJ. Uh, this is the exact opposite of Rise of Skywalker, exactly. Um, and, you know, there is something about that that is useful. And he wanted to do a political thriller. And in his way, he did. The writing isn't great. Jake Lloyd is rough. I've come to accept Jake Lloyd's acting job just because there are very, you know... Little Leia is going to go down in history with Maisie Williams in early season Game of Thrones as children and the who kids do. And the kid millionaire. And I will never get over them. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, as the exceptions to the rule that child actors are very, you know, difficult to get good product, good, you know, content out of. And um, I do feel bad criticizing him because people bullied him into legitimate mental illness for decades of. Yeah hatred for being a child yeah but you know you're having your opinions you're not shoving them in his face writing to his yeah i'm not adding him on twitter i'm not like stopping him in the street exactly um but no i yeah i mean phantom menace it's just every time i want to watch it because you know there is quality padme content and there is political intrigue you know you get as far as the first scene where newt gunray is welcoming the jedi onto his ship and you're like and we're back yeah it's it's rough um, I'm just thinking about how this question could be applied to the Phantom Menace and I'm not liking it. Um, how did you all think that this was expanding the universe of Star War? For me, it was basically just like, I mean, it, and, and as this was its intention was to fill in certain holes in terms of storytelling and I think character building, you know, how do we get from, um, emo obi emo one to, <laughs> to, you know, jolly, jolly old Santa Obi-Wan or whatever the fuck we want to call him. Um, which I think it didn't, um, and effective, I, I think it was effective in, in terms of doing all of that. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at Kristen being like, if you think Vader hates and wants to find Obi-Wan, wait till you get a load of someone named Darth Spider-Man. <laughs> and if you, <laughs> listen, you know, she has a point, at least, you know, Palpatine was able to be like, bro, you need to chill. Maul spent decade, like decades on a trash planet and running a crime syndicate and um, being trapped on uh, whatever the fuck that planet was, co- like evil Sith planet was called that I can't fucking remember. Chris, please help me out here. Um, Malcor. Thank you. My brain just, I had you. Yes. Um, <laughs> lovely. Just delicious noises. Um, yeah, no, just spent... Uh, literal real, literal decades of his life plotting his fucking revenge to kill this one dude and then s- sucked at it. Yeah. Which is neither here nor there, but... Indeed. Wait, it is, ne- is, is neither here nor there, but Kristen said it, so I would like to just make sure that it gets out into the world. Also, it is it is very much Maul's fault that he couldn't kill Obi-Wan. Like, let's let's be clear on that. Oh, we know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it 100% is Maul's fault. Well... What is it most fault in terms of his life, honestly? So true. Um, 
No, in terms of like, how did this expand the universe? And to me, this kind of brings back why a live action show to tell this story. Um, and frankly, it's the prequel content that our generation deserved and didn't get. Like, it is good prequel content. And like, listen, there is there's prequel content that people love. There's prequel content that is nostalgic. And particularly for people around our age who were children when they came out, like... I will turn on Revenge of the Sith any day of the week and have a great fucking time. Like, no disrespect to people who love the prequels. But they're not good. And 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 I don't think that people would seriously disagree with that. And just from everything from the acting to the special effects quality to just the general writing of it all, this is better. And it has so much of the prequel themes and characters that... You know, we got to see Ewan McGregor put his Oscar-nominated talents to work in Star Wars, which we've never seen before. We got to see Hayden Christensen act. Do acting! <laughs> uh, okay. Which we've barely seen in Star Wars. But also consider the prequels had one pair, and Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series on Disney+, Plus, had zero pairs. I mean, to be fair, the pair in the prequels is not real. It is very okay, it's CGI. in space. Nothing's it is... so. <laughs> it is a green lump. <laughs> Same. The fucking, the fucking pear. Also, her outfit in that scene is so weird. It's like we can't fall in love. Here's my BDSM getup. Yo, I'm like okay. fucking seriously. I don't mind. Like I'm here for the aesthetic, but really with like the leather corset and the like shoulder length gloves it's it's an interesting one i don't want to bone i'm just gonna wear this (laughs) this is my chastity belt outfit not that what you wear invites things yeah thank you that was good yeah but also i mean it was yeah i mean it was my own point so i i didn't mean it that way but like Uh, you're right though it's just curious it's like one time i saw this tweet that said um oh no my sort of boyfriend thinks that his mom's been murdered time to find my best crop top and it's about when Padme goes to the desert. <laughs> She's got like, the, I like that outfit. That makes me so happy. <laughs> so good. And again, I'm not hating on women for what they wear. Everyone knows Absolutely I love not. a good thought outfit. Um, I'm 100% no. here oh, for yeah. tight clothes, all the clothes. Everyone who knows me knows I dress in a strange way. But <laughs> it's just funny to me with the with the context and the intentions. That's all. It's, it's funny only because they are in space and therefore they could be wearing literally anything. You know, it is all fucking fake as hell. Except underwear. Correct. Correct. There are no Correct. bras no in space, underwear. famously. Um, but this is what happened. <laughs> no, it's funny because there were not, there was not a point being made about women's, uh, you know, ability to clothe themselves regardless of wanting sex or not. It's just George Lucas being George Lucas. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I'll actually say, I think Padme has the best outfits in all of Star Wars. Oh, 100%. Like, no, no question. Every, I don't care if you're talking books, shows, I haven't really read many of the comics, but like all nine plus the two anthology films, like I think her wardrobe is the best. So mm. it's not it's not judgment. I'm not like slut shaming. I think she should wear whatever she wants. If I no. had abs, I would dress like that too. I don't have abs and I don't quite dress that well but i dress with far more skin so it's it's fine i yeah, get no, it no absolutely i mean honestly even the comics acknowledge this there's like there's a moment in the comics where like leia like inherits padme's wardrobe or something like that at some point or she at least visits it mm-hmm. yeah and it's just like this is lovely moment of her just like looking at all these beautiful beautiful gowns and obviously the the emotional significance just like these are things that her that belong to her mother is um much 
you know, that that is the forefront of the thing. But also, like, even the comics are just like, hell yeah. Like, we love, we love these outfits. So, yeah, no, no, no shade, no shame. <laughs> yeah. Um, speak, speaking of uh, George Lucas hating women, um, I just, one thing that I wanted to, I did want to highlight, and this isn't even really a point. I just wanted to shout out that this is the first time that anything... Star Wars has been scored by a woman. So obviously John Williams mm-hmm. wrote the main theme and um you know which was Obi-Wan's theme, but Natalie Holt was the one who scored the whole rest of the series and she did a fucking fantastic job. I have no ears um in terms of being able to just like appreciate music. I am completely tone deaf as I've mentioned on the pod before. I truly cannot appreciate anything as Chris knows because he has heard me sing in the car, but Lovely, like I, 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 I think I can say that she did a lovely job, and that is inarguable. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I was gonna talk about that too because I feel like one, we, I think most of people are aware that the field of composing, um, in terms of film and TV, is ridiculously difficult for women to break into. Um, and then on top of that, I don't understand music, but I like to listen to it anyways. And um, I, I don't know, I always just, everyone who's watched Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones or any other thing has heard me say, like, blank is a musical genius just because I'm always like, listen to the soundtrack. But in this instance, I felt, yes, that same way. But also, I felt like that quip that you hear often, maybe quip is the wrong word, where people will say a good soundtrack, um, you hardly notice a good soundtrack. Mm. I felt like this was an instance of that in a positive way. Of Like, I noticed in certain moments when the music would swell, but it really fit the scenes. Whereas I absolutely am here for, like, really over-the-top soundtracks that are constantly emotional and evocative. But this did really suit the moods of the scenes. Um, and a couple of the songs have come up on my Pandora. I know I live in 2005 and still listen to Pandora, but um, I listen to like soundtrack music and other classical music when I'm writing stuff for work. And a couple of the songs have come on and I always have to like pause. And it's funny because in the show, I didn't want to pause and rewind just to hear the score, um, which I do for some content. But when I've heard it on Pandora, I have to go back. And I think she just did a fantastic job of really setting each um piece for the scene while still making it beautiful yeah that is such an i just want to say that's such an excellent point about just like if the music is good then probably you're not noticing it and like like you were saying there's a place for like john williams absolute bombast and there's a place for this and this was this was absolutely the place for this for telling a you know all all things being equal a relatively small story a character driven story i think that um you know they they made a great choice in, in choosing her and she made great choices you know in and of herself in in what she did with it so yeah yeah and it's you know obviously because this is the star wars fandom there were you know so many fucking chodes on the internet who have never analyzed a film more than oh this looks cool just out here being like you know i really thought that the direction and the composition on the and the score composition were just really subpar on this one i'm like okay people who said direction were really, so really uh really uh pulled those out of thin air there pal like, um, as much as i love ludwig gordson half of his soundtrack for mandalorian is just bass and that's so in synth and that's fine mm-hmm. yes. but let's not pretend like that is like the most majestic soundtrack possible and natalie holt somehow did a terrible job no yeah i mean it's 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 ridiculous on its face but like it was it's always just funny how People who have never shown any inclination to actually engage critically with film have all these takes out of nowhere. I'm sorry. Have they ever had the inclination to engage critically with anything? Do they? Are they in possession of a brain 
all questions we may never know, but I suspect I have an answer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's rough. Um, anyway, shall we listen to question? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was about to shift to it. Right. Um, our first question is from Drew, and he wanted to know if we were happy with Rupert Friend's portrayal of the Grand Inquisitor. Yes. I honestly I didn't it. care, so I'll let you guys answer. Yeah. Um, so Chris and I actually rewatched. I just kicked so many things under my desk because that's a storage area that is appropriate. Um, Chris and I actually rewatched um, the entirety of season one of Rebels uh, before this, before watching Kenobi. And, um, you know, people nitpicking and complaining about the um, dimensions of his head aside, um, <laughs> I thought he did a terrific job. I think he did a wonderful wonderful job of kind of just like recreating just this he has a very the grand inquisitor is a character you know who originated in animation um jason isaacs gave him a really particular way of speaking like a really certain cadence and pronunciation and all that and i think rupert friend did a really wonderful job of bringing that into live action without um super mimicking it or um, making it super cartoony like the, you know things we accept in um, animation voiceover are not necessarily things we will always accept in a live action performance. I thought he did a really lovely job. Um, I was talking to my cousin about this actually, and he was just like that that moment where he, um, you know he it, he pops up and he's like, "Surprise, bitch! <laughs> bitch, you thought you'd seen the last of me." Where he's just like, "Hello." third sister and it's just like the most perfect delivery of all time chris will tell you that i basically slid off the couch because i was like this is so good this is better than napping almost like <laughs> hello there <laughs> like i thought it was so i i don't know i thought he did a, a delightful job without making him a complete caricature so yeah kate I, I think you really hit the nail on the head with it was a really great example of how to honor a previous performance of a character while still making it your own instead of falling back into imitation. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people think they want out of transfers of characters to live action. I'm honestly very afraid of, well, I'm very afraid of the upcoming Avatar live action series for many reasons, because it looks like a goddamn train wreck. Um, but one of hey, them, at least there's a Mohawk actress. I'm happy. That's true. It's uh, not enough. There's also not white Sokka. <laughs> yeah no and also like even as a mohawk person i know that if they wanted an inuit in that role it should have been an inuit but you know anyways yeah it's it's there's like there's so many layers there's, there's a lot to and it. they all taste bad <laughs> um but anyway so like and and also star wars Sorry. fans oh you're fine star wars fans are very obsessed with the voice actors getting an opportunity to play their characters in live action. Even when it doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> yeah. Soka. I'm not saying Rosario Dawson was the right casting choice. I'm saying that... Ashley was also not. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We agree on this. Um, fight us, white women. Um, uh, but <laughs> Can we rename the pod? <laughs> always. Um, but anyway, to get back to it, I thought that Rupert Friend did a phenomenal job of making it his own while still keeping the essence of this character that is simultaneously the height of ridiculousness and also terror, which is what he reaches in Rebels. He has a very deep voice, uh, very, like, um, I, I can't think he's of He's a word. clown who will stab you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, but he's also an extremely articulate, 
um, like his pronunciation He's a of everything classically is trained French mime who will stab yes. you. <laughs> yes, honestly, but with a very deep voice. And Rupert Friend completely changed the voice. It was kind of jarring in the first trailer that we saw with him because we're like, this is not what we're used to for him. But he somehow keeps that same vibe of like, I don't know whether to laugh or scream. And that is that is the Grand Inquisitor. And I think that's a really good way to bring a character from animation, which at least in Star Wars is a funnier medium. Like it, it, it is intentionally played for comedy in Star Wars. And uh, but also keep like bringing it into live action where it's very much not supposed to be a funny role, but still bringing that element to it. Um, so I went in very ambivalent about that casting and he absolutely won me over. Also, Rupert Frank just seems very excited just to be in a Star Wars, and I just, you know, I'm very endeared to folks who are just like, they're just happy to be here. And it's not like necessarily that he didn't, like, you know, folks didn't deserve, like, you know, we, we, there are a number of actors who are just like, I'm in a Star Wars, and I'm just happy to be here. And I'm just like, obviously, like, many of, like, you know, like Pedro, who was just like, that is exactly his entire ethos. And he certainly, like, more than earned it. But also, like, he was just like, he was, Rupert Friend was just excited. And, uh, you know, I, I think I've only seen him as Mr. Wickham in Pride and Prejudice. And I was just like, it's so nice to see that you actually have like acting range. So. It's yeah, funny. I feel bad because I used to think of him as knockoff Orlando Bloom. Yes. And I'm like, oh no, but actually, he's in some weird action movie I saw like 10 years ago now mm-hmm. that I vaguely remember. There's some scene where they like almost get hit by a train. That's all I remember. Um, but actually, this was like, all right. Yeah. It's funny because okay. I only knew him from Homeland, where he plays a CIA assassin. Um, oh, I don't think I got that far in Homeland. Is which it a later is, season? It's maybe season three onward. Homeland's not I good. I get you're, past you're, the second season. I was like, oh, this is racist. Oh, yeah. No, you're super racist, racist for watching it, but I was like, I can't. I no, can't. no. Homeland Homeland has major. I, I did not make it to the end of Homeland for Yikes. that very reason. On a bike. Um, but yeah, but yeah and it's, it's a very different character, and you don't see that humor aspect to him in Homeland because Homeland's not a funny show. Um, which is weird because it stars Mandy Patinkin, but, uh, <laughs> hello, <laughs> et cetera. Okay. Um, he but was, yeah. Sorry. He was also on criminal minds. He was Rupert friend. Which, no, Mandy no, Patinkin. Mandy oh, famously, uh, famously not a comedy. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but yeah, so it's, it was interesting t- to see him in that, that light. Um, and also to the point, to your point, Kate, about everybody being happy to be in Star Wars. That's something that I really love that we're seeing with all the TV shows. And, you know, as much as I rag on Favreau and Filoni just, like, running their own little fiefdom over there. Like, fiefdom. everybody who has been a part of Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett comes out fucking loving it. And say what you will about George Lucas... Nobody ever came out of a George Lucas production being like, that was the most fun I've ever had because George Lucas is famously a fucking nightmare to work with. Yeah. And so it's nice to, it's nice to see people actually enjoying being in star Wars during it. I do feel like that's a good segue to our next listener question. I know we're coming up on time, but this one is really important. This is from Bria. Um, and she just says Deborah Chow. And I just need to make sure that we we named that one. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Bria Livornia, our Tashi Station colleague. That was our only comment slash question. And all I can say is yes. Absolutely. There was this beautiful meme somebody made of just like 
Deborah Chow's face instead of like the fucking sun in Teletubbies or something like that. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely correct about that. And that's that's all I got to say. Like, yes. Yeah. I mean, between Deborah Chow and Bryce Dallas Howard and Rick Famuyiwa and Taika, there's there's just so many. And Robert Rodriguez in Mando. Um, (laughs) There's such a great stable of directors that is being brought into Star Wars right now. Tony Gilroy coming up with Andor. I know that I've, I've seen rumors that like Lucasfilm is really happy with how that turned out and that they're trying to lock him down on a long-term contract. Um, it's it's really, you know, even, even when it was good, directors were always kind of an Achilles heel with Star Wars with the exception of, um, why can't I remember his name? Uh, the Empire Strikes Back director. Kasdan. Not Kasdan. Never, never cast in. Ivan Kirshner. <laughs> Thank you, Irving Thank Kirshner. you. Wow. Thank you. Um, oh, I got the first name wrong. So someone, nah, you got me there, though. You got me. Take there. my fan card. I am fired. I am never. Just you will begin. You'll be. Listen, good. Elder Kasdan is fine, but I'll never forgive him for making us deal with baby Kasdan. Don't talk about making in terms of people and their children. Anyway, go on. <laughs> That's a video I didn't see. Wait, what? I'm f- I don't. I don't know. That's a sex reference. Right? Or it is. Just... No, I, you're I'm, right. Ron is always like... on my fucking wavelength. I'm, I'm very confused. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, directors have always been kind of a weak point of Star Wars. Um, from yeah. George Lucas himself and um, the director on Return of the Jedi was fine. And Whatever the and fuck and, uh, happened in, the, in the, the sequel trilogy. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. And... <laughs> Motherfucking JJ. I if okay I with... ever see yeah. you i swear to god I, I will probably do nothing but i will wish bad things upon you i was okay with uh not jj abrams don't worry i was okay with ryan johnson's i liked ryan johnson stuff. Yeah. i didn't mind it, it. like i appreciated the return to funny and to like not taking itself too seriously no i yeah i mean i i love ryan johnson like he he has his issues he's a very very white man but i love yeah last jedi and i love his directorial vision but directors have more been a weakness than a strength in the history of Star Wars. And I think that we are past that era. Um, and that's really, really exciting to see. Thank you, Space and, Jesus. And Deb Chow is top of the list, for sure. I mean, from the fan response to the critical response to working all of these great things that we're talking about into a show that is critically acclaimed and should probably get some Emmy or Golden Globe buzz when the time comes. Um, just a phenomenal job. Okay, so this next question comes from Michael Gardner. Um, He asked how we would have fixed Reva's character arc. And to be totally honest, since none of us on the show are black, we don't really have the range there. And also, I think Reva deserves a lot of time. And and we've talked on the pod um, behind the scenes about how we feel like Reva deserves a deeper conversation. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try to revisit this on a future bonus pod. Um, So stay tuned. We are going to try to have some folks join us who have a lot more background and personal um, connection to that question. And also, we're just going to do a deeper dive into her character. Yes, indeed. um, Yeah. The next question is from Jess. And she asked, how much did you cry? <laughs> Kate? I cried at seeing Hayden oh, out of man. the suit. Fucking loved it. I was uh, just, I'm just, I'm just happy for my boy. I really uh, am. I know you are. I know you are. Um, this is um, at Space Yes of Lousy Beautiful Town Pod slash Twitter Screaming, which, you know, oh, yes. you should, you. which is all good Twitter Screaming. You should follow all of the screaming. Um, 
how much did I cry? I don't think I like actually like physically wept a tear because I also have no soul. Like people who have no brains and just float around in the universe and don't think about things. That's definitely not me. I definitely don't overthink things. My generalized anxiety diagnosis definitely doesn't tell me that. Um, but um, I definitely had a lot of feelings. I it, More feelings than I expected to, honestly. I wasn't sure if we were going to... Like, I knew that we were going to explore, like, some feelings that um, Obi-Wan would have had during this time of exile and, you know grappling with um, all the things that happened when he threw Anakin into a fucking volcano. But I know I didn't necessarily like, you know, it, with Star Wars, it's always a little bit of a toss up, like how much you're going to get in terms of character driven versus versus like fun, like action romp. And honestly, I should have known better in terms of like Deb Chow was directing this and this is, we got what we got. And so, yeah, I get, I still get super emotional just like scrolling through whatever the fuck and seeing like, as much as there were funny memes about Obi-Wan being the high ground, there's a lot of, like, really lovely tribute stuff that people are putting together about parallels um, between, um, you know, things that were said or, like, you know, scenes from the prequels and the show. And those have been really, I think, poignant. Um, there's this one thing that I saw that was, like, um, the moment of Obi-Wan's death. Like, he felt like he was at peace because he saw Luke and Leia reunited, and that's the moment where he let Vader strike him down. And that was really, really, really touching, I think. Um, you know, whether or not... Obviously, like, Deb Chow can't intend something that was made back in 77, but um, the way that she um, clearly deliberately made a whole lot of connections there to the emotional heart of Star Wars, um, the way that Star Wars... Um, I don't know, the way that it's part of the fabric of our pop culture and is part of so many people's lives, I think she really was so respectful of that, especially as a Star Wars fan. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought th those are the moments that really that choked me up. Um, sidebar before I let people talk about crying, I just want to acknowledge again Kristen's comment of, will Ice Cube's son be in more Star Wars? He played Roken um, in, in Obi-Wan. That's not Jess's question. Was it Jess's question or was it Keeks? Just I like, think it's Jess's question and Keeks's response. Yes. Or... Yeah. <laughs> No, it was Jess's question. Excuse me. I had Jin. Jess is already fucking ragging on us for fucking not addressing her questions in the first episode. So she's going to... Let's credit them to Kristen. Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> credit your question Yeah, exactly. We just... hate Asian women on the podcast. Oh, yeah. I was we... going to say, or we could just say Kate came up with them and just wrong Asian. Yeah, no, just... Oh, my God. Orca now loves Jess. Jesus. He's going... Jess Orca will soon. love Jess. He's going to be very confused. Jess is visiting us soon, and she, he will he will absolutely love Jess because he's fucking racist, and he loves all Asian women. I'm not kidding. Um, he's loved every Asian woman he's ever met um, because he thinks it's mommy. Um, Jess says, well, Ice Cube son, be in more Star Wars. And I actually, this was actually me. I was like, please, or I will go Grand Theft Auto on someone's ass. I only joke about this because Ice Cube famously just plays GTA in his trailer nonstop when he's on set for things. And I can only imagine that. Does he really? That's delightful. Yes. And I can only Good imagine man. that O'Shea Jackson Jr. is also doing similar things because he was Lee Everett in The Walking Dead. So <laughs> in The Walking Dead game, excuse me, by Telltale Games. So yeah, no, if he doesn't show up in... Andor or anything else, I will find someone and stab them. I bet he'll be an Andor. I have a feeling. Please I feel God. like even if he's not in season one, 
they're about to start filming season two of Andor, and there's just there's no reason for him not to even cameo. Somebody know? somebody like did one of those little meme tweets of just like their little summoning circle with the candles and stuff, and they were just like manifesting a show with Riva and Roken, and I was like, yes, <laughs> that would be My so God. much fun. <laughs> the power in that in that duo. I know, right? Seriously. All right. Um, how how much do the rest of y'all cry at the show? I I didn't cry. Sorry. Um, how much did you feel? The only things. I mean, I had feelings. I'm not entirely robotic, but usually the only things that make me cry, which I guess were kind of in the show, are like unconditional parental love for people. That always makes me cry. I'm like, oh, like a parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents are great. I promise. Um, and then it's not sarcasm. They're good people. They are. Um, and then, but that always makes me cry. And then like pet death, but that wasn't too bad. Um, I almost cried with laughter at the Trump supporter. Does that count? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I know anymore. that counts. Yeah, the naked mole rat dude. Um, he was. Uh, I was. I was just like, wow. I was gonna answer that for how this expanded our universe too. I was like, oh yeah. If you are a conservative who still thinks that you are on the right side of Star Wars because you would magically be a rebel, let me tell you, um, I was fine with that. Um, excuse uh, I you. I don't need subtleism. Star Wars isn't political. It's I don't subtlety. know yeah. what you mean. <laughs> Um, I was laughing at Mole Man, honestly, only because it was fucking Zach Braff who was voicing him, which made my head all the yeah. way explode because that is so fucking outrageous. <laughs> like, what? The- Zach Braff voicing a Mole Man? It's just so much for me. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking. I have honestly, alcohol. just the the delivery on that's a weird story for like <laughs> Obi-Wan and yeah. Leia's like terrible fucking <laughs> alibi is is just perfection. Like, it's just fantastic. Um, I'm also not a big TV crier, um, for the most part. Um, I like to save my crying for when I'm watching Love, Simon on an airplane. That's um, true. It, it was it was ugly, y'all. It was ugly. I was dead um, asleep, and he was sobbing, bawling, crying, watching Love, Simon. Yeah. Um, anyway, but um, it was emotional, though, and I think that's very much due to Ewan's performance and everyone's like everyone did a phenomenal job but Ewan really got to show his emotional range in this from you know the moment where he finds out that Anakin is still alive in episode two to episode six where he is you know kind of defeated Vader and has his catharsis moment of acknowledgement that he that he did this um it is it's it's a lot and it's the performance that he deserves to give and that we all, I think deserve to see in the prequels. And so that's, you know, it goes back to that, that I'm happy that we all got that opportunity. Burb, do you have any crying over the lack of payers or otherwise? <laughs> Surprisingly? No, I did not cry. I didn't wow. feel that many feelings. I just, I just was there for a, a good time. Fair enough. And that's um, how I but feel But yes, please to more Roken. <laughs> yes, please to more Roken though, because like you can't, you can't just have his last line be, I'm just getting started. And not bring him back. Please, God. And also, he was such a good character. And also, like, a unique character, I think, in the, like, the not desiring to fight aspect of it. Which is always something that Star Wars has really struggled with. Yeah, that was interesting. I will say, well, this is irrelevant at this point. But I was a little bit confused by the order of operations involving his storyline once they get Leia and Obi-Wan. I was like, Mm. I... If they didn't know they're being tracked, why wouldn't they? I guess they didn't have enough gas or something to immediate or fuel, sorry, to immediately drop her off. But I was like, why would your first priority not be get the displaced child home 
But you know what? That's not his fault. It's writing. It's cool. They or it's me misunderstanding the plot. Blew their fuel rescuing Leia and were not able to get her off planet. Okay. I was confused about that. I was like, take her home, please. Uh, yeah, no, she it's needs fair. To, she needs to go home. So, okay. I missed that line. Eh, you're fine. Um, but yeah. So, please please more Roken. Please more Reva. Um, I'm still sad that Tala died. Would have loved to see more of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, that's the amazing thing about having multiple women of color in a Star Wars. It's not fucking fury inducing she didn't get valed yeah where she was in it for five literal minutes and then yeet no she had a she had a full character arc yeah no which i really appreciated yeet in many pieces i will say that um you know we talked on the pod a while ago now probably like over a year ago about when they were making the show and no one would say what Indira Varmo um, was going to have for a role. And there was this image of her in an Imperial outfit that was leaked. Mm-hmm. And we're all like, oh, okay, now we know what her role is. That was so stupid of them to put her little like makeup covering over, but then still have her hat. Yeah. And we were wrong. I know. We got that one wrong. I... That seems intentional misleading. It does. Honestly, between that and the Luke, the Luke, um, I was going to say catfishing. Is that the right? Red herring? Sorry. Some fish. Um, <laughs> I was like, the, 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 both of those misleads were absolutely delightful. So... Yeah, Deb Deb Chow. We all bow down. (laughs) Well, this has been our, uh, for now, I guess, conclusion of the Obi-Wan series. Go get your booster if you're eligible or if you're not eligible and you feel like you need it. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not a doctor. Um, Please wear your mask. I don't know if you know about BA5. And monkeypox. Our next, yep. mm -hmm. Our next book will be not this. There we go. Should we start this over? Bird, please. No, just, just no, roll yeah, with it. no. Just you gotta roll with it, it now. Right. <laughs> so, our next book will be *The High Republic: Into the Dark* by Claudia Gray. We're gonna read up to chapter twelve. Um, yes, I mentioned the read the bonus episode. We don't know when that will happen, but stay tuned. We're we'll do it. Uh, if you have the means. Oh my God, this is a short intro, and I talked oh, too long. Oh, I have to um, hit the loop button. If you have button. the means. <laughs> I got it. I got sweet it. Thank you. Baby Jesus. If you have baby, the means, sweet baby burp. please donate to Indigenous Women Rising, IWRising.org. And if for whatever reason you have enough money to throw it at us, donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon, which helps cover our hosting and production costs. Give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwordspod. Otherwise, I will starve my dog. No, um, then you get photos of Argos, Cerberus, Jasper, Orca, and Tony. Our theme song is by Potting and Bear. The song is Whizbang. Uh, our logo and artwork is by Joe Butera Design. And audio in production this time was done by Miranda Elvin. Uh, so, she keeps still doing so production much. on this. I'm done. She, I don't know how well, everything works sometimes. Thanks for not driving off the road or harming yourself while listening to us. I know it's difficult. Um, we will see you another time. Well, stop. <laughs> okay. Okay, we're going to start it over down. again. <laughs> oh, this is going to be the best end tag of all wait, wait, time. What's our, what's our time right now? We're at, oh, it, it'll end it when like, we restart it, right? How, okay, I want to drag you back to the beginning. <laughs> oh my God.